This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. Happy New Year, everyone. Glad to be back in for another edition of Sask Ag Today. And here's what we got going on for the first one of 2024. The Provincial Agriculture Minister continued to reflect on 2023. We'll hear him weigh in on Bill 234 in its current form and what it was like to work alongside the federal government. A longtime meteorologist said the wildfires last year was unlike anything he's ever seen. And the president of the Canadian Cattle Association talked about an initiative his organization and two others have created to preserve grasslands as part of his reflection on last year. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. Saskag today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Bill C-234, a private member's bill that would exempt the carbon tax from natural gas and propane used for grain drying, was a hot topic in the agriculture world in 2023. The original version had the exemption apply for fuel used for heating and cooling barns and greenhouses, as well as a sunset clause of eight years, whereas the ruling government would let the bill lapse if newer technology became commonplace on the market or extended a few more years. However, the Senate amended the bill to exclude barns from the exemption and reduce the clause to three years. Bill 234 is now in the House of Commons for further debate. Provincial Agriculture Minister David Merritt has kept tabs on its progress, and like many proponents of the bill, Merritt is disappointed with how it's changed. I mean, obviously, we'd like to have seen the carbon tax removed from, from the ag sector on that side of it completely, because, you know, if you look at at the bills, and, and we've seen some of the bills from some of these uh, from some of these farming operations for natural gas, whether it's grain drying or uh, or heating a you know hog barn or poultry barn or, or, or things like that. They're astronomical. Well, that, that cost is all passed right back on to you and I as consumers of food. So when you look at that side of it, it's in, it's increasing, and it's very unfortunate. But probably the biggest driver of the price of food right now is the is the carbon tax. Uh, when you look at the price of uh, fuel for everything that's trucked uh, and you put the carbon tax in there, it, it really escalates uh, the prices. So we've said it before and I'll continue to say it and I've said it in the assembly that you keep putting carbon tax on carbon tax on, on everything, on whether it's being trucked from the farmer to the terminal, from the terminal to a food processor, from the food processor to the restaurant and the restaurant to your shelf, there's a carbon tax every, every layer, and it all adds up. Merritt was rather blunt in his response when asked about how optimistic he is of the bill possibly returning to the Senate in its original form. I'm not that confident. Many farm groups in Saskatchewan say it's back to the drawing board on how they can convince MPs to see the merits of Bill 234 in its original form. 
On the other side of the break, we're going to continue with uh, David Merritt and his reflection on 2023, as uh, I also asked him about how it was like working with the federal government, specifically two different federal ag ministers. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We're back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. There's never a dull moment when working alongside the federal government, and it certainly wasn't boring for Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt in 2023. Starting the year, Merritt's federal counterpart was Marie-Claude Bibeau, but in the summer, that changed to Lawrence McCauley in a cabinet shuffle. By the time the shuffle happened, Merritt had already requested the federal government to pitch into the agri-recovery program to help Saskatchewan producers affected by drought. The province announced their contribution of $70 million to agri-recovery in August, and Ottawa eventually kicked in $77 million in October. Merritt says it wasn't Macaulay's fault for the delay. I, I can tell you that uh, Minister Macaulay, through this process with the livestock sector, has been very uh, uh, accessible to a, a, a big degree as far as the calls and wanting to talk. The challenge we had was just the delay that that came from the federal government, and I can't put that solely on on uh, on Minister Macaulay's shoulders. Uh, you know, I felt that he was doing what he could do to to expedite the process, but it is what it is. Uh, it was just uh, somewhat challenging that, you know, we had a lot of producers that were wondering what was going on, and we were just trying to get uh, some answers as well. And and uh, But I can tell you that Minister Macaulay was uh, pretty accessible, or his uh, chief of staff to my chief of staff and some of the discussions on just, you know, where they were at. That was one of the things Merritt worked on alongside Minister Macaulay. And Saskatchewan and Ottawa were at odds in 2023 over the carbon tax and will likely continue this year. When asked if the bickering on both sides ever made things awkward between him and Minister McCauley, Merritt said the main thing is to work through the politics and look after the interests of farmers. At the end of the day, I hope uh, Minister McCauley feels the same way I do, is that we're really looking out for the best interests of the producers. And that's kind of what, uh, you know, I always, when we when we talk about issues and challenges, that's what I uh, I convey to him that, you know, that uh, because we do, when you look at uh, on the agriculture side, when you look at our uh, our federal programming, uh, you know, we're, uh, it's federal provincial uh, partnerships that we do uh, a lot of the funding programs that we have. You look at crop insurance is a good example of, a, you know, collaboration and working together. Uh, and we have to continue that if we're, you know, if the program has seen, uh, obviously, uh, you know, some challenges over the last few years. But we've also seen some enhanced coverages as well. So when we see these kind of coverages, uh, we obviously have to be able to uh, talk to our federal counterpart. And uh, I can say that uh, Minister McCauley has been you know, accessible that way and the former minister as well to some degree. And, and we just have to you know, try and work through uh, you know, the, the politics of it and really come to a conclusion what's best uh, in the interest of agriculture for for not only the producers here in Saskatchewan, but across this country. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt. You're listening to Saskag Today. Up next is today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. And Migraine Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MigraineExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. For the week ending December 22nd, Western Canadian feeder cattle prices were relatively unchanged from seven days earlier. The last full week of 2023 was characterized by lower volumes and limited buying interest. Feedlot operators don't want to weigh down schedules of hired hands over the holidays. Many auction barns were closed for the season, while some held bred cows and bred heifer sales. Feeding margins have moved into negative territory, which is setting a negative tone for all weight categories of replacements. Alberta packers were buying live steers at $221 per hundredweight FOB feedlot in southern Alberta. Break-even pen closeout values are closer to $248 per hundredweight. Therefore, feedlots are barely covering feed costs on unhedged cattle. Squeezed supply, improved Chinese demand, and the global energy transition will keep commodity prices elevated in 2024 before falling the following year. That's according to British banking group HSBC. They forecast commodity prices to rise by an average of 2% in 2024 and fall by 4% in 2025. HSBC expects China's growth recovery and ongoing supply constraints will keep commodity prices supported this year. It says geopolitical risks and expectations of looser monetary policy in the second half of 2024 will add to the upside, while downside risks include the ongoing slowdown in global growth. Cocoa and iron ore prices surged in 2023, while natural gas and coal prices tumbled, with most agricultural products expected to outperform energy and industrial metals in the new year, amid supply constraints and dry weather. The U.S. soybean crush likely eased slightly to 5.991 million short tons in November, or 199.7 million bushels, while soy oil stocks rose. That's according to analysts surveyed by Reuters ahead of a monthly U.S. Department of Agriculture report. The U.S. crush topped 200 million bushels in October for the first time ever as a recently expanded and still-growing U.S. soy processing industry crushed greater volumes of soybeans amid rising vegetable oil demand from biofuel makers. If the November crush estimate gathered from eight analysts is realized, it would be down 0.8% from the record high of 201.4 million bushels processed in October, but up from 5.3% from the 189.6 million bushels crushed in November of 2022. It would also represent the second largest monthly crush on record. Crush estimates range from 197.78 million to 200.75 million bushels, with a median of 199.9 million bushels. The cost of compliance with a California animal welfare law, which took full effect on New Year's Day, will likely shrink the U.S. national hog herd and lead to further consolidation. Proposition 12, or Prop 12, was a California ballot initiative passed in 2018. 
It said that meat and eggs could not be sold in California unless they came from animals raised in compliance with the state's welfare regulations. This includes foods imported into the state. Pork distributors had until the new year to submit third-party certification of compliance. The hog industry estimates that the cost of retrofitting penning to comply with Prompt 12 will be about $3,500 U.S. per sow. Proposition 12 specifies that each breeding sow must have at least 24 square feet of space and have enough space to turn around and extend limbs. The number of people experiencing hunger around the world remains far higher than pre-pandemic levels, but is still significantly better than 20 years ago, according to the Canadian Food Grains Bank. 2023's Global Hunger Index report reveals that 58 countries will not reach low levels of hunger, let alone zero hunger, by 2030. The Global Hunger Index is a tool that measures and tracks hunger at global, regional and national levels, reflecting multiple dimensions of hunger over time. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm precision weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, we're into 2024 now, and what's the forecast going to be looking like for the first week of the new year? Well, it's still not looking too bad. We're still running in this above-normal pattern, but uh, looking ahead, it does turn a little more unsettled. Something we really haven't seen in, in quite some time is the potential for more than one day of cloud cover and even some flurries. And then uh, a colder air mass looks to be taking shape uh, toward the weekend and toward next week. But at least in the, very, in the near term, the next few days, we are still above-normal. We're not getting back to freezing. We're Although we will take a pretty good run at it on Thursday, I think we do stay just short and uh, we do stay above normal at least through the weekend. Temperatures this afternoon around minus 5, likely another hour or two of warming and that should about do it as we level off and may drop back a little bit. The drop will be slow at first, but it will really uh, drop off later on as the wind comes down through the afternoon, mostly in the 10 to 20 range through mid-afternoon. It becomes pretty calm overnight, and with a clear sky and with a light wind, temperatures will drop to around minus 17 tonight. But again, little wind means little wind chill. Partly to mostly sunny, minus 7 tomorrow, and partly sunny on Thursday, minus 4. Some potential there. The temperatures jump a little more Thursday, but I think minus 2 would be the high end of that. Uh, and Thursday night into Friday, it's more starting to watch for that cloud cover to roll in and to uh, chance for some snow showers and flurries, even some light accumulation, a centimeter or two possible on Friday. So really nothing big, but noticeable because it'll be persistent. We'll stay cloudy with some flurries lingering through Saturday and likely at least into a bit of Sunday as well. Not much additional accumulation, but at the very least still cloudy and still those flurries in the air with temperatures and the uh, mid minus single numbers. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this period are minus 11, normal lows minus 23. Sun rose at 8.59 this morning, and the sun will set at around 5.06 late this afternoon. If you could see the sunrise or the sunset as we are currently under a cloudy sky. Taking a look around the province in Saskatoon, Swift Current, and Estevan minus 5. 
Assiniboia is at minus 4 degrees. Yorkton and Melville and Mooseman minus 6. Weyburn is also at minus 6 degrees. The warm spot in the province is in Cypress Hills at 0. Cold spot in Buffalo Narrows at minus 16.6. In Regina, it is a cloudy sky. Winds from the northwest at 15 kilometers an hour. Humidity 91%. Temperature minus 6 or 21 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 102.4 and rising. Moose Jaw also cloudy. Northwest wind at 11 and temperature minus 7. Again in Regina, cloudy. Northwest wind at 15. Temperature minus 6 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. Canada's weather guru shared his top 10 list for weather stories in 2023. Came as no real surprise that the wildfires that seemed to burn right across the nation at one point this spring and summer topped that list. David Phillips said it was like unlike anything he's seen or reported on in 50 years on the job. It was kind of a national story. I mean, so often, I remember two years ago, there were fires in British Columbia and in Newfoundland. That was it. You can move men and machinery and hoses and, and equipment uh, uh, from one part of the country to the other. But on June the 6th, I just, it was then that I realized this was going to be a real problem this year. Um, and, and June 6th, you had out-of-control fires in every province and territory except Prince Edward Island and Nunavut. I mean, the fires were burning everywhere. They start small, and they would explode in a massive, massive infernos. And you had 11,000 firefighters from around the world, 12 countries. They couldn't put them out. The military couldn't put them out. Sometimes rain couldn't put them out. You needed a, a kind of a, a general a change of circulation to, uh, to end it. And the, air, the area burned. I mean, I still, I've been in business 50 years. But when you look and see and you think, oh, my gosh, take all those fires in the United States and the area burned for the last five years, they still wouldn't equate to what we burnt here in Canada. Take half the countries in the world, they wouldn't fit into the scarred area that we had in this, uh, in this country. It was just devastating. I mean, 5% of our precious boreal forest just gone up in smoke. And, and we saw that. It began kind of in Alberta, um, maybe northeastern British Columbia and, and Alberta. Uh, and the evacuations, my gosh, that really shook me up. I mean, a quarter of a million Canadians were evacuated because of fires and smoke and floods in, in Edson. I mean, they were in May, they were evacuated because of flooding and also because of fires. I mean, were the locusts far behind? I mean, it was so biblical almost in a way. That's David Phillips, longtime meteorologist with Environment Canada. One of the positives to come out of 2023 was three organizations teaming up to establish an initiative to conserve grasslands in the prairies. The Canadian Cattle Association, Ducks Unlimited Canada, and Nature Conservancy of Canada joined to create the Gr Grasslands Conservation Initiative. It's still in the works, but President of the Cattle Association, Nathan Finney, summarized how it started and what it's intended to do. When you look at markets in an open market such as agriculture, uh, you know, 90% of agriculture in Canada, producers look at where the opportunity lies. And, you know, for the last little while, there's there's been a pretty good run in, in canola and run in grains. And, 
it made more sense on a producer if they're diverse or mixed operations or, or, you know, one or the other to start breaking some of that land up. And, um, you know, ultimately that has a bit of a negative effect on, on our cow herd of having that piece of critical, critical infrastructure to, to expand the herd. So we're trying to, you know, slow that down and, and kind of correct it so that, um, you know, we, we really want to look at expanding our herd and working on expanding our herd. Um, if mother nature cooperates with, uh, with, with this adverse weather kind of slowing down, um, we had to figure out a way than what we've been traditionally doing to, to correct the problem. The initiative would feature short, medium, and long-term agreements with livestock producers and ranchers that would include a financial incentive to preserve grasslands in their area. All three groups want the federal government to be involved, asking for $175 million per year over five years with a pilot program. You're listening to Saskag today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. We'll have a feature on the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers right after the break. You're tuned in to Saskag today on Your Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Winter is here, and Saskatchewan pulse growers have several education and networking opportunities available to producers and agronomists in the coming months. Amanda Carlson is their communications manager, and she first gives us a sneak peek on what to expect at the upcoming Pulse Valley Seminar, Variety Seminar rather, on January 16th. This is our second year hosting an event like this. It was very popular last year. Attendees will be able to hear about work being done to breed for valuable traits and attributes like disease resistance, herbicide tolerance, yield, and protein content. And we'll close with a Q&A panel where you can ask questions of our seed program manager as well as the pulse breeders and researchers in the industry. She says the seminar is a good way to learn more about the breeding process. Yes, we've been talking a lot about the benefits of growing new pulse varieties, and this is a great chance to learn more about the work SPG is doing in that area. Carlson then talks about the upcoming winter pulse meetings. So SPG has four events coming up this year. Uh, We'll be in Swift Current on January 23rd, and that meeting has a large agenda and runs all day. We'll also be hosting three half-day meetings in some smaller centres. We'll be in North Battleford on January 30th, then over to Weyburn on February 6th, and wrapping up in Humboldt on February 15th. Those three meetings are in person only, and the Swift Current event will have a live stream option where you can join virtually from the comfort of your home or office if you don't feel like battling highway conditions that day. She tells us what producers can expect at a Winter Pulse meeting. So these meetings are part education and part connection. We will have presentations from industry experts on topics ranging from agronomic best practices and pest management, breeding and varieties, market development, and pulse market outlooks. But it's also a great opportunity to connect and network with others. We provide lunch and coffee, and we consistently hear from attendees that these events are critical to staying current on what's happening in Saskatchewan pulse industry. 
And attendees are eligible for CCA and CCSE credits as well. Carlson also reminds producers about the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Annual General Meeting coming up on Tuesday, January 9th in Saskatoon. SPG's AGM is your chance to get an update from our board of directors and our leadership team on how your pulse levy dollars are put to work in 2022 and 2023. And if you've sold pulses in Saskatchewan in the past three years, you are eligible to vote on matters at the AGM. So it's the time to get involved as a levy payer. She outlines the agenda for all of the AGMs that day. It's not just SPG's AGM that day. We are co-hosting the day with the other crop commissions. So the day starts with Sasquatch's AGM, followed by Sascanola. Then we break for lunch. Then we move on to Sask Flax's AGM. Sask Barley then has their AGM, and then it's SPG's AGM to round out the day. After the AGMs are wrapped, we then have the Grower Network reception. So when you click that registration link, you'll be brought to a page where you have options to attend any of those AGMs uh, as well as lunch. So it is important to get that registration in so that you're counted for that day. Amanda Carlson is the communications manager for the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly up in early trading today. Canola is up $4.50 at $609.92. Number one red spring wheat is down $1.62 at 318 13. The rest were unchanged. Durham 446.92, feed barley 257.58, chickpeas 1168.44, flax 631.04, lentils 779.50, oats 290.32, yellow peas 464.54, and feed wheat 246.18. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down 7 cents. $7.16.5 a bushel. Coming up next is the Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, here are the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 2nd. Our last regular sale is on December 20th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.15 to $1.35. D3 cows sold from $0.95 cents to $1.15. Counter cows sold from $0.75 cents to $0.95. Cents. Heiferet sold from $1.80 to $2.20. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.35 to $1.55. There hasn't been any steers or heifers selling over the holidays, but they are still selling well. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting. Happy New Year's and all the best in 2024. The latest pork prices are at $163.09 per CKG. Coming up is the Resource Report. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. The minister responsible for Sask Energy says the due date to pay the carbon levy to the federal government is the last day of February. The province says its natural gas utility is to stop collecting the carbon levy as of New Year's Day from residential customers. Should Sask Energy not remit the money, it would be breaking the federal law. The move comes after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau exempted those who use home heating oil from paying the levy, mostly benefiting residents in Atlantic Canada. The Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives says Canada's 100 highest-paid CEOs broke records with their compensation in 2022. The organization's latest report found that those 100 chief executives, most of them men, were paid an average of $14.9 million. That's $7,162 an hour, or 246 times more than what the average Canadian worker makes. In fact, the report says the average CEO has already made the average worker's yearly salary before the end of day today. Senior economist David McDonald says most CEO pay comes in the form of bonuses, company shares, and stock options. He says the CCPA has been tracking CEO pay for about 15 years, and in the early days they were earning closer to 150 times what the average worker made. Turning over to the markets now, the TSX is down 37 points at 20,921. The Dow was up 69 points to 37,758. Oil is down 85 cents at $70.80 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is trading at 75.10 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And you can also, in addition to finding the podcast on SaskAgToday.com, you can also find on the website as well the latest ag news, interviews, and the SaskAg Today roundtable as well as the grain prices. And that's going to do it for today's edition of SaskAg Today, number one for 2024 and many more to go. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.